0: Four words, man. Ultraman is awesome. All right. Um. Well, he's um. He's my favorite hero because he's he's very brave and he saves people, and um. I, I love him a lot.
1: All uh. right. Uh, Ultraman, uh, John Sims, he's a hero all the way. Uh, People like Superman and and John Wayne, these people were fictional, created to help us uh, escape reality and all the cruelties that come along with it. But Ultraman is the real deal. (laughs) He's accomplishing something that's uh, extraordinary.
0: This just in, all four of the injured in this recent development have been confirmed as murdered, the cause for which is still unknown. I repeat, the alleged murderer of these four innocent people has been stated as John Henry Sims, or as most of us have known him as, but
2: Verdict case number 64789. We, the jury, find as follows as the defendant of his case, guilty of manslaughter as charged. We, the jury, recommend and fix the penalty as death. Signed, April 15, 1996. When I first heard about this case, seeing the live footage of this amazing person tied up like the scumbags he put away for years, I was lost. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Four people killed in a nursing home located on the north part of Denver, Colorado. John Sims was visiting that day, and it's still unclear who he was there to see. Nonetheless, the injuries that these four sustained could only be accomplished by someone with his great strength. I'd rather not go into detail about all the details. Three eyewitnesses swore in court that he was the culprit to cause the injuries. The trial lasted for three years. And in those three long years, Ultraman never said a word. He didn't claim to be innocent, nor did he declare his guilt He simply allowed the world to decide his fate, and the world chose to end his life. He would be killed 24 hours later by an extremely heavy dose of lethal injection. When the death penalty is carried out, it's final. Mistakes that are made cannot be unmade. An innocent person may be released from prison for a crime they did not commit, but an execution can never be undone. So, if a person is going to be put to death, there better not be an ounce of a reasonable doubt. I used to work for a large investigative organization, which will remain nameless for legal reasons, that dealt with cases of this magnitude. Eventually, I became independent, working on much smaller, less prestigious cases that personally were more meaningful. But after a while, for a very personal reason, I chose to revisit this one. To this day, I have had the same question linger that I had on April fifteenth, nineteen 1996. The day of the trial, the day of the sentence, I have one question. Why? Why would he do that? What caused someone who spent almost 40 years doing the noblest and kindest of deeds to suddenly snap into an unthinkable, heinous My name is Cliff Martin, and this is a seven-part series where I look into and investigate, not necessarily the crime, because it's pretty obvious that he did it, no, we're going to look into the reason behind the crime. I'm saving the title of these tapes for the end. I could easily choose something like Ultraman or The Mysterious Case of John Sims, but hopefully something else will appear. Something more significant will reveal itself that I could name this. I guess we'll see. (music) ¶¶ This case is over 20 years old, which limits greatly what is available to us. A lot of the people who were important to him and knew him the best have passed on. His wife, for example, died a few years after he did from a tragic suicide. She was referred to as being lovely, which from a few rare photos I was able to find of them together, she was indeed lovely. He also had a couple cousins he was close to who passed away, and so on and so on. One family member, however, remains.
0: Oh, that's right, my little John. Oh, he was an angel. I could not have asked for anything better, any want better.
2: That is audio from an exclusive interview with his mother, Mrs. Verna Sims. I was able to get into contact with her, and we had some very insightful phone calls, to which I will play for you soon. But before that, first of all, I'd like to talk about the way the world knew him, the information we had, and why he was the world's first and last superhero. Born in 1950, he grew up in the small town of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Typical farm boy who enjoyed fishing when he could, driving his father's truck when he wasn't supposed to, and riding his bike on through summer nights. He was an only child who was raised by his widowed mother who loved him to death. His father passed away in World War II as a hero. Now, I know what you might be thinking, depending on your interest in American history. If World War II ended in 1945, how could John Sims be born in 1950?
0: Yes, he was adopted. We were unable to make children of our own. Probably my fault.
2: When John turned 18, he was invited to join the military. And yes, they knew exactly what he could do.
1: Now, you have to remember, this was before the Internet and and cell phones and all of that. When a 10-year-old boy miraculously lifts a bright yellow and green farming truck in the middle of nowhere, literally, the chances of someone seeing him do this great thing... Uh, Then run to the police to tell them that the Sims boy is actually an alien or magician from who knows where. The chances are little to none. Impossible odds. But uh, (laughs) that is exactly what happened.
2: News spread fast as it does in every decade. Soon the higher powers, military, navy, every organization with an agenda was after him. And not all wanted him for the greater good. But what they had in common was the word weapon. Good cause, bad cause. Essentially, they just wanted a soldier. John eventually chose to join the Air Force like his father, to no surprise to anyone. After three years of service, he was discharged and sent home. The reason, unfortunately, was never revealed. After he returned, he was encouraged to become a police officer.
1: It was complicated. He was a special case. I mean he could lift the entire police station if he wanted to for crying out loud. What what do you do with someone like that? He was as fast as lightning, he could hear everything. He had the ears of a German shepherd. Amazing.
2: Retired police captain Jerry Diggs.
1: We uh we started this branch, I think we called it a uh, USB. Ultraman Service Branch or something along those lines uh, where he wasn't independent of the law by any means or vigilante, anything like that. But he also didn't handle small, you know, menial tasks like getting a cat out of a tree or whatever. No, he he was the first responder in a hostage situation or first one at a burning building. He was the guy who pioneered us all. And I know you think because he was so strong that he didn't take risks, but that's simply not true. Nobody knew the full extent of what he could endure. He didn't even know. But I've never seen somebody risk everything without a second of hesitation. I've never met anyone like John Sims. And quite frankly, I I don't think I ever will.
2: Within a few months after joining this task force, his accomplishments started to cause a buzz. For many at that time, his rise to fame seemed to be overnight. Constant news articles, television interviews, documentaries, cartoon shows. Soon, Ultraman became a household name. Kids loved him. Parents respected his morally clean persona. Women wanted him and men wanted to be him. And typically, with this level of fame and prestige comes the scandals. The paparazzi was always on the hunt for the next big disgraceful headline, but to their dismay, John had found the love of his life long before he became Ultraman. He told the world he had one love, and if she was willing, that they would be together as long as he lived. And that's exactly what they did. With their old-fashioned relationship... They kept away from the scandals and the disgrace. Everyone came to know and fall in love with John and sweetheart Sally. Her nickname came about after John had been spotted leaving a grocery store one day. A group of young ladies swarmed at him and tried to woo his heart, as most of the young ladies would, and John declared a very infamous line now, Sally is my girl. In a world full of hearts, she is my sweet one. And after that, she became Sweetheart Sally Sims. The perfect couple, the perfect track record, the perfect man. This was how the world saw him. It's tough. It really is. We take these human beings, flesh and blood, and we elevate them into something else, where no mistakes exist, no trace of flaw to find in the persona of perfection we create. It's our fault that these people become perfect, not theirs. He had no chance. But who was he behind all of that? Behind the lights and the awards and the capes? Who was he as a man? Hello? Hello, Mrs. Sims? This is Cliff Martin. I I emailed you before about an interview.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. Young people these days, they don't show the same respect that they used to. But I I appreciate your kindness, and I'm a young woman at heart. You can call me Verna.
2: Thank you, ma'am. How are you doing today?
0: Well, actually, I've had better days. Quite a few, actually. But as a not-so-wonderful day's go, today is by no means the worst.
2: I see. Uh, What's the matter?
0: (sighs) Oh, a million things. First of all, my cat Reynolds is having a rough day. Within, oh, what? What time is it now? 2.05. Within the last four hours, my poor baby has thrown up at least four times. Once in the kitchen on my tile floor, two times in the bathroom, which my fault for leaving the door open, and lastly, thank the heavens in the backyard. But this is concerning because it means he's getting quite close to his eternal demise. But also, I have lost two whole dollars worth of cat food in the last two days i'm very distraught about the whole thing and second of all oh what what was the second thing dear me i have forgotten (laughs) do you ever forget something important only when it's important
2: i think everyone does definitely
0: don't you think the world would be a better off place if we all remembered everything that's important to us i believe a big problem in the world is We forget so much that it causes us to stumble that much more walking ahead. If we just took the time and sat down comfortably with a fresh glass of lemonade, I think we'd remember a little bit better. Don't you? Absolutely. Oh, I'm doing it again. Rambling about my little nuggets left in my mind. (laughs) I made a promise to you and I aim to keep it. Please, Mr. Martin, ask what you plan to add.
2: You're perfectly fine. Honestly, I'm very appreciative for letting me talk to you. I'm sure you get requests all the time for interviews and such.
0: No, not no more. As I mentioned before, people forget the important things.
2: Right. So I guess I'll start with a simple question. What was it like raising Ultraman?
0: (laughs) Honestly, I I never knew him as Ultraman or... As the big time celebrity you all turned him into, he was always, till this day, my little John. Oh, and you have to excuse me. I have water on the boil. Oh, I I wish I could offer you some tea, but you you couldn't drink it through the phone now, could you? Uh, Where was I? Little John. Oh, that's right. My little John. Oh, he was an angel. I could not have asked for anything better. And he better.
2: That's great. What was he like as a kid?
0: Oh, you know, he was a little farmer before he could walk. He loved feeding and playing with chickens and the noisy goats. He absolutely loved fish. He was good at it, too. A lot better than those other boys who run around and try to be his friend. Everybody wanted to be his friend. That never changed. Well, what, what what, can I say? He, he loved to ride his bike. He'd ride it around in the neighborhood, and sometimes he'd ride it out too far or be out riding too late. And I'd tell him I was afraid, and he'd get lost. He, he'd feel bad, and then I'd make him a pie. He was a good boy with a good heart.
2: Would you ever say that he might have been spoiled?
0: No, not at all. I mean, every mother should spoil her children a little. These families where children are scared for their lives, they're not happy. You have to give them a cookie every once in a while. Hug them. Tell them you love them. If you don't, who will?
2: So you spoiled him a little, then?
0: Precisely. If he had children of his own, I would spoil them, too. There's nothing wrong with it. Didn't your mother ever spoil you?
2: We didn't have much, but when she could save a little extra every once in a while, she would.
0: See? And you seem to have turned out all right. Do you have any children? A daughter. Oh, how old? A year. Now I'll put money down that you'll spoil her with little dolls and cute little dresses.
2: Mrs. Sims, uh, Verna, if you don't mind...
0: Oh, I apologize. I went off on a little bunny trail again.
2: Do do you mind if I be Frank?
0: Sure, and I'll be Dean. (laughs) Sorry, you are probably too young for that reference.
2: You mean Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin?
0: You got it.
2: John, okay. Did he ever become overly angry or aggressive as a kid? Verna?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Reynolds was throwing up again. What What was your question now?
2: Did John ever become overly angry or aggressive that you recall?
0: Right, right. No, never. Like I said, he was an angel, and angels do not lose their temper more than they should.
2: But he did lose his temper.
0: From time to time, as all people do.
2: Right, but he was a superhuman, losing his temper. So he would have to have double the restraint on a normal person has, right?
0: And he did. I raised him that way. I taught him that if you're angry about something, you close your eyes and you count to 50. And when you finish, you simply walk away.
2: And that worked?
0: It most certainly did.
2: Good. And what about his father?
0: You jump over subjects like cottontail rabbits. You have to let me drink some of my freshly made green tea, young
2: man. Of course, of course. Sorry, I guess I have a little rabbit trail of my own.
0: (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful day outside, don't you think?
2: Actually, it's raining here.
0: And what's wrong with that?
2: Nothing. Just that a lot of people don't like the rain.
0: Whether they like it or not, rain keeps the world alive. Very true. All right, ask your question. But soon know that I'm going to have to head to the market. There's a sale on oranges, and I'm not going to miss it.
2: All right. Mr. Henry Sims, your husband, died in 1945, correct?
0: Yes, that's correct.
2: So, if John was born in 1950...
0: Yes, he was adopted. We were unable to make children of our own. Probably my fault. And I couldn't live alone. I I just couldn't. So I adopted John. But I tell you, John molded to the family maybe even better than a child of our own ever could. He was perfect for us. Us? Me. Perfect for me.
2: So it was just you and John for 18 years. He was happy. You were happy. No problems, no issues, perfect childhood.
0: Is that so hard to believe? Everyone wants some awful traumatic thing to have happened when he was a child. So that they say, oh, that's it. That's why he made a mistake and killed all those people. But like I told all the other reporters and investigators, he was an angel. I don't know what changed in his life that made him make a mistake like the one he made. When they reached out to me. I was promised a perfect little boy, and that's what I got. Why won't people listen?
2: Wait. Promised? You mean the adoption agency? Right. They promised you a perfect child?
0: Well, it was a different time back then. We were all a little closer to Adam and Eve than we are now.
2: But why would they promise something like that?
0: Why does anyone promise anything?
2: Right. And what did you say the name of the adoption agency was?
0: I didn't. It's been a long time. I mean, about 60 years. You expect me to remember something like that?
2: Yeah, I guess like you said, people forget the important things.
0: Well, Mr. Cliff Martin, I think it's time for me to go.
2: One last question, please. All right. If you could do it all over again, raise John the same way have his life turn out the exact same way it did, would you?
0: Young man, what kind of awful question is that for a widow? A mother would never give up a relationship she has with her child.
2: Even if it meant possibly saving four lives? I did as much research as I could on possible adoption agencies in the late 40s, what makes her situation unique was that she said they reached out to her. So I searched for agencies who would themselves contact the people to raise the children. I found very few, and only two in America to be exact. But what's interesting about all of this is that most of the agencies at that time would not seek out widows. They would only look for couples. So why would either of these organizations not only seek out a couple, but then settle with just a single person. Both of these organizations have since closed for a plethora of unethical reasons, but the shortest runtime of the two was an organization called Abstract. First of all, they sought out the couples, not vice versa. They were connected to a bigger and more widely known adoption agency, which was called simply Adoption. In special cases, adoption would contact abstract if a couple's circumstances met the child's very unique circumstances. In addition to that, after 1950, the organization closed down. They claimed it was because they didn't have enough funding, but many believed at that time they would spy on the children after they were given to the parents. For example, one of the couples who had adopted a child from them said that there would be black cars with men in them, sitting and watching their children walk home from school. Nothing was proved, but the timing was definitely suspicious. So, an agency sought out the couples. The children they gave to the couples had very unique circumstances. They closed down because people were catching them spy on their children. And lastly, their slogan was, We Promise Perfection. Yeah. Hi, my name is Cliff Martin. To get to the point, I've been doing an investigation on Ultraman. And I've recently learned about the agency where he came from, Abstract. Now, most of the people I've called hang up right there. But please, I'm begging you, if you did indeed work for them at one point or another, please
1: just talk to me. Hello? You know where I live? Uh, yes
2: sir, it's in the white pages.
1: Be here tomorrow, and I'll do what I can. <laughs>